Now, don't go away, because next on CBS Radio's Comedy Time are those two zany characters of many characters, Bob and Ray. Now, from coast to coast, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding are proud to present the, uh... See, now I knew it when we started. Uh, oh, the CBS Radio Network. Okay, fellas, uh, take the whistles out in the hall, please. We want to keep the air as fresh as possible in here for the next 15 minutes because it's an important show. Did you see Mary Magoon when you came in today wearing her Martha Washington costume? What for? I don't know. It's, this is not a, a an anniversary of any kind, is it? Well, she's over in makeup now. When she comes in, we can uh, probably ask her what that's all about. Because we are wearing uh, our makeup today. You were made up, I believe, as uh, Hans Conrad, is it? Yeah. And uh, I'm wearing my Edward G. Robinson makeup. And uh, Joe Cabibbo, uh, our sound man, is attired uh, in a Mickey Rooney suit. You going to give us a little Rooney Anna a little bit later, Joe? And uh, Mr. Alonzo is attired. He's dressed uh, as Joe Alonzo today, isn't he? It's, yeah, that's too bad. We'll probably have to fix that one of these days. There's a new haircut. <laughs> oh, our bird is much better. Uh, and his talking is coming along uh, wonderfully. Uh, we were Famously, I like to say. Uh, incidentally, Bob, I was talking with the bird lady this morning, and uh, she's going to come by and identify some birds for us. Uh, oh, that'll be good. Haven't heard you her before. Yeah. Uh, she and her husband uh, have a wonderful uh, act. They're trying to uh, more or less round it into shape to uh, tour with it in nightclubs. And uh, we'll give them a, a try here on the air one of these days. Okay. Now, who were you dressed as? I'm trying to remember. Edward G. Robinson. Oh, I forget. Now, it isn't a very good job, Bob, at all. No. No. He's a good dresser. I, I mean, I thought it would make me look kind of smart. And uh, Vic Cowan uh, is dressed as... Uh, is that Dane there, Woody? No, that's Tom Sheehy, our engineer. Oh, he's, he's dressed, dressed as... Oh. And uh, it's all kind of confusing. This little game we play. Where he has his, his uh, Jane Withers hat on. Who does? Pretty Ayers. Oh, Yeah. So uh, I think we're all set then to do the program, whatever it is. And the first thing we want to do is bring down from the lectern the great Bob and Ray hospitality book and read some of the comments. I wonder, Wilbur Conley, young squirt who works for us, if you would mind going to the rear of the auditorium, taking the great hospitality book from its lectern and bringing it down here to the stage. You know it, Daddy. some of the comments of guests who have been here in our studio. Well, uh, here's one from Lucius Gans of 1694 Tupper Street, Mayberry, Vermont. Mm -hmm. Lucius signs in and says, What with all the tomfoolery that's going on in Washington, I'd have to say that the D.C. in Washington would have to mean dubious Congress. <laughs> P.S. Address to all New Yorkers, this is. Suggest that we all hang chains out of our windows during thunderstorms. Everyone says, uh, your Wembley Webster is conceited. 
And uh, I think the way he stands in uh, in front of the uh, great Bob and Ray mirror, primping and combing his hair throughout the show, is shocking and ill-mannered. This is signed by Mrs. Uh, Wander Maynard. Webley, do you want to comment on that at all? Well, I... They do stand and kind of print during the... I guess I'm guilty of that. But I'm so uh, conscious of uh, looking nicely uh, during the program. That's the case of some type of pictures. It's the case of what? The typical the case somebody takes pictures, I know, but they haven't taken any pictures here for weeks. No. Uh, in well, I'll try to guard against that. Well, okay. And then uh, here's one item in the form of a question. Do we get valuables back before we leave today, or do we have to call the cops on the in the audience? <laughs> Somebody with a wonderful sense of humor. Here's another one that says, uh, You guys may be funny on the radio, but I bet you're miserable at home. Oh, that's now that is, that's, uh, that's typical of the unsigned uh, yeah. things in the guest book. Well, that's not true. I mean, uh, we're not only miserable at home, but we're miserable here, too. And uh, I think that that was uh, uncalled for. Hey, here's a good one. I guess we should really take this up later. Sir, I have some information on the whereabouts of Smelly Dave, your great missing dead whale. What's, what's, what's that? Meet me tonight at 10 p.m. near the change booth in the uh, tea station. I'll give you more information. Bring cash. Preferably mm. in small bills signed an old whale. <laughs> well, uh... Bob, uh, do you have any idea what the uh, penalty is for whale napping? I don't know, but it, it should be uh, fairly important, imposing penalty, I should think. I would think so, because that's a valuable uh, piece of uh, upland caribou that's missing from yes. our... Uh... Well, before we conclude today, we hope to hear, before we leave the air, we hope to hear from uh, the detective that we, we put on the trail of Dave. He said he might call in if he got to Albany. That's uh, Gumshoe Flaherty. So now I think, Wilbur, you can take the great hospitality book back to its position at the head of the no, center aisle. What's that? You know it, Daddy. All right, and there he goes. <laughs> back to the lectern. The hospitality book once again is closed until another day. <laughs> now then, uh, he carries that uh, almost as easily as he can carry a Columbia Stereophonic High Fidelity Portable Phonograph. Uh, that's right. And uh, you don't have to put a chain on that either. Although maybe you should because they're so desired that somebody may try to take it from your uh, your den and move it into another room. Uh, but anyway, uh, these are wonderful, as you know. We've been talking about them for uh, several weeks now. And just to go over a few of the more uh, cogent uh, points again, the prices start at $24.95. As, uh, that's the start of the Columbia Portable, the price that is. You can thrill to the excitement of Stereo One, Columbia Number One in the wonderful world of sound. And uh, there's a selection of seven new portables and smart color combinations. There's more quality, more features, more styling built into the new Columbia portables than ever before. Now, here's my announcer. Yes, sir, what Ray says is right. Columbia portables are economical, and prices start at twenty-four ninety-five. Receive it as your Columbia dealer today. Welcome now to Who Wants to Know and Hello, Junior Citizens. 
This is Hartley Shorecroft, your moderator here on Who Wants to Know, and today's guest is the eminent educator Merle Murchison. We'll start things off with you in the first row there. And Nat Lafferty, 17, George Rose, Science and Trade. Uh, what's your question, Nat? Well, Mr. Murchison, what's in store for us? For who? For us. Oh, well, I don't know what's in store for you. Are you speaking for the group, or are you interested in knowing what's in store for yourself as an individual? I'm speaking for myself, Mr. Murchison. I want to know what's in store for me. Well, what are you going to do after the program is over, Nat? Well, I'm going to Latch Market's where I live. Well, then you pretty much know what's in store for you, Nat. You're going home to Larchmont. Well, uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Mr. Murchison. That's about what I want to know. All right, and now the young chap with the pipe in the third row. That's right. Uh, Andrew Axelrod, 15, uh, Bailey Textile and Manual Trade. Uh, what's your question, Manual? <laughs> Mr. Murchison, uh, do you think uh, rock and roll music can hurt our generation? <laughs> well, I've seen instances of it, Textile. I've been uh, through hospital wards. And... Sheila Buncher, 15, Truesdale Manual General. Uh, excuse me for interrupting. That's all right. Go ahead, General Buncher. <laughs> I think that uh, when Andrew Axelrod, 15, of Daily Textile Manual Trades meant was that he didn't mean uh, could we get hurt from jumping around. He meant... Uh, could it get us crazy or something like that? Well, I was trying to answer Manuel Truesdale when uh, you interrupted. Uh, Mr. Murchison, uh, Larry Mansfield, 17, Grover Douglas School. Go ahead, Doug. <laughs> Mr. Murchison, as you know, uh, Grover Douglas is a fine school. Go on, Grover. But uh, recently, I've been thinking of transferring either to uh, a Lewis and Clark needle trades or Millard Fillmore Music and Art. Well, Clark, uh, what advantage does Lewis Needles uh, have over, say, General Manual? Well, uh, Mr. Merson, they got a swimming pool for one thing, and all the classrooms have windows. And you say you're currently attending Dick Clark High. No, no, uh, Well, that's about all the time we have on Who Wants to Know. Thank you, eminent educator, Daily Trades for the fiasco we've had here and so long junior citizens and this is Millard Fillmore bidding you goodbye dum dum de dum dum nice feature huh yeah. I have no idea how much time we have remaining would you hold up the, uh, the great huge sign please Wonderful. Yeah, approximately that, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, then it would almost be time, I guess, to call in our, our poetry friend. Yeah. Come on over, Charles, and sit down. <coughs> now, round the corner and up your street comes your friendly poet-philosopher, Charles, bringing with him a few memories of yesteryear, from the dusty, tattered pages of his poetry scrapbook. Charles. Hello, everybody. Once on a cloud, I saw your face. Here in my heart, your memory haunts the sky of cloudless azure. <laughs> But ever and on through countless 
countless eons of uncluttered love, my heart is hollow, my eyes are dim, my heels are run down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm filled <laughs> with remorse. <clears throat> and I'm filled with remorse, remembrance, regret, and <laughs> I can't go on. Once again, someday soon, Charles, your friendly poet philosopher, <laughs> will be. Once on a cloud. No, listen today, Charles. Tune in soon when once again Charles will come around the corner with his dusty, tattered manuscript. Until that time, Charles leaves you with so long now. Doesn't look like we're going to hear from. Uh, Sylvester L. Uh, Gumshoe Flaherty, our detective. I don't think we have enough, enough time. Well, maybe so, if we could uh, see if he's on the wire. He's supposed to call in, maybe uh, he will. If, uh... oh, how about that for a break, huh? That was very Wonderful. good. Hello. Hi. Is this uh, Gumshoe? Yeah. Bob and Ray here. Right, I'm in, uh, I'm in Albany. What have you discovered? Have you got any leads on Dave? Uh, Perkins sang like a bird. What's that? I say uh, Perkins up here really sang. Oh, well, he I, did, huh? Yeah. I think I got a pretty good lead now, and uh, this guy Shrank is some apple. Well, uh, he's all right. He's worked for us down some time. Last I heard he's down in North Carolina somewhere. Well, that's where Dave was supposed to be. You know. I have a, uh, I have a uh, leg man uh, following Shrank around. So I think, well, I think you're wasting your time there, uh, Gum. I think maybe if you just tried to find some definite evidence uh, as to who has taken Dave, it would be better than to go after Shrank. Uh-huh. Uh, you trying to tell me how to conduct this? No, no. Well, you know how to be a detective. But... Yeah. Okay, then, uh, oh, look, the money. Uh, you want to just put it in my account? Well, we'll uh, we'll discuss that. I think it's time for us to go. Yeah, we really have to run along. It's been fun. We'll see you all again uh, tomorrow. Until then, this is Ray Goulding reminding you to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumb.